Welcome to This AmeriCorps Life, the official Arizona Serve podcast by AmeriCorps members for AmeriCorps members, past, present, and future. Here is your host, Emily Carey. Welcome to today's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of This AmeriCorps Life. This is your host, Emily Carey. Today, I am very excited to have Sydney Hoshka with me. Sydney is a new addition to our amazing Arizona Serve Vista cohort here in Prescott, and Sydney is serving with the Yavapai County Community Health Services as their Exceptional Child Health Resource Coordinator. Welcome, Sydney. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. How's how's everything going today? How is, I would say this is the beginning of your third week, so how is, how is everything going? Yeah. Um, it's actually really good. I was able to move into my new house this weekend, so that was exciting. Um, <laughs> got to actually have a kitchen and hot water. It's great. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's been been pretty good. Nice. Very exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, moving, having a, having a kitchen is the best thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't even like cooking, but I was missing it so much. <laughs> yeah, don't know what you got till it's gone. Exactly. <laughs> So today, yeah, I really want to talk about just sort of what it's been like to transition to Prescott. Also a little bit about what you were up to um, before coming to Prescott and everything. And just what you're looking forward to this year and everything. So, yeah, how has being in Prescott been? Like, what has that transition been like coming here? Um, yeah, I actually really like it. I'm from Southern California, so I didn't have to drive too far to get here, which was pretty nice. But yeah, it's definitely a very different place than where I'm from. Because I'm from San Diego, so kind of like a really big city, a really big metropolitan area. Um, and obviously this is a lot smaller <laughs> and actually my first, um, reaction to like the main square is like what you would see in like a Western movie. Like it's very much like this is the, <laughs> we're in the West, which you don't really get in California, but yeah, I've gone on a bunch of hikes. It's absolutely beautiful here. I really, really enjoy it. Um, yeah. And I'm still excited to see more in different parts of the city. So yeah, there's definitely a lot to explore here. It's small town, but there's so much surrounding it. And yeah, you're like equidistant to like everything imaginable. Like there's Flagstaff, Grand Canyon, Phoenix, everything is is everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of nice and right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. So what made you decide to come to Prescott? What spawned your interest to do a year of national service? Um, yeah, so I had done Peace Corps before. I was actually in Ukraine until November of last year. And then in March, I was going back was back for 10 days and then we got evacuated because of coronavirus. And while I was isolated in quarantine for two weeks, during that time, uh, I was just thinking about like, oh, if I can't go to Ukraine, like what could I potentially do in the United States to do something that I found fulfilling? Um, because like in the time between leaving Peace Corps and going back, I worked at Gap, which like, I love Gap, it's a great company. But working retail or something like that was just not something that I wanted to continue doing. And I'd rather do something that I felt was um, going to like help at least one person in some way. So because I couldn't do Peace Corps, I was like, well, what's another option? And I was like, oh, wait, AmeriCorps is kind of like the U.S. version of Peace Corps. <laughs> so why don't I look into that? And then, um, yeah, the working with the... Yavapai County Community Health Services really stood out because it was kind of like what I was doing in Ukraine, but a little bit different. So I was able to bring things I did in Ukraine back to the U.S. Nice, very nice. Yeah, I would say when people, when you try to explain peace, um, AmeriCorps, and they just stare at you with like blank eyes, you're like, it's the domestic peace corps. And they go, oh, 
yes, you're right. Yes, yes, yes. And you're like, oh, oh, well. (laughs) Exactly. People don't really know about it, I feel like. And like of my family and friends and stuff, I had one friend who was actually my little sister's really good friend who knew what it was because she did City Year. So she was like, oh, I know about AmeriCorps, but everyone else was kind of like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, and it's, but it also kind of like, it like, it starts to slowly spread. Like you, I know in college, I knew like one person that did like FEMA Corps, like the National Service, and then all of a sudden like these other people did it. And then like I signed up to do it. And then I knew like eight other people that were like also doing different programs. So it it slowly spreads. Like once you find out about it, you can't, can't get away from it. (laughs) Um, but you know that you, so you talked a little bit about expanding on the work you were doing in the Ukraine. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and just the projects that you were able to do in the Peace Corps. Um, yeah. So in the Peace Corps, I, um, worked in a city called Cherniv at their, uh, Oblast Youth Center. And so like a lot of what I did was kind of like after school type programs and English clubs and stuff like that. Um, and then on the side, I also worked with HIV positive youth. Um, and just helping them, like we would have camps and helping them just kind of like live a normal life. Like, and the big thing that we were able to provide money for, for social workers was like getting them to understand the importance of adherence and taking their HIV meds, um, because they can live a completely normal life so long as they take their medicine. But yeah, so that was like a big part of what I did. And I was actually going back to do more of stuff like that. And I do hope to go back still, hopefully next year. (laughs) Um, Then being um, the Exceptional Child Health Resource Coordinator, it's kind of obviously not like the same, but it's also helping a group of youth that are at risk in some way of something to like help them better their lives in some way Um, and helping their parents figure out what they need to make it so that they're successful in school and in in their social life and whatnot. Nice. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah. And that's so important, yeah, to like give like help break down those barriers for youth. Um yeah, that's so important. And it's great that you're still able to continue doing um that work. So how were the programs that you're working on affected by like the Peace Corps like having to evacuate the area? Like how were those programs affected that you were working on? Um, yeah, so the the big one that I was working with, um, it's called PEPFAR. For anyone who doesn't know, it's President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief. Um, and they give like money to countries all over the world to help with um, HIV AIDS outreach and then prevention and whatnot. And luckily I have, like they've been affected obviously by coronavirus because we were like, we all left. So like the big thing that the people who are in charge of it are really bummed about is the inability to have like a summer camp this year. That's like what we usually do. But luckily we have been able to continue like kind of volunteering online and like hosting events for youth to participate in. Um, We had our first one, not last weekend, but the weekend before. And we just did like, um, it was like a two hour long, like Zoom call thing. Um, They called it a little, it was like a little party. Um, And we had some like youth from Ukraine who were in charge of different segments, but then also some returned Peace Corps volunteers who were in charge of different parts. And it was just, um, a way to like maintain connection. Cause it's like, really the goal is to be like, we didn't leave you. Like, I mean, we physically did, but like, yeah. we still care about you. We're still here for you. So that's been pretty cool to be able to do that. And hopefully we'll be able to get more events like that in the coming months. Yeah. And that's awesome that you're able to still engage like with 
those organizations like with like all the like the students like youth you were working with so yeah it's been weird but good (laughs) I mean technology is just hard (laughs) I'm really bad with most of it so that's that's been the most difficult part for me but it's been good I was going to say, I think every time I have to lead a Zoom call, I learn something new about Zoom that is integral to the meeting, and then I figure out something else that has to do with it, so yeah. Yeah, I need to take like a whole workshop on just how to use Zoom, just to, <laughs> just to be able to like actually figure out how to do it, because I've never actually hosted a meeting, so, but I think with um, the health services here, we're going to do a, like a webinar, so I need to learn how to host a meeting. <laughs> Yeah, the trick is to do like a practice run with some people you trust <laughs> that just go bear with me while I click buttons. Um, it's just, you just need to have it turned on. That's fine. You can go walk away and do other stuff. <laughs> cool. So what has, I know it's only week three, but what kind of does that work with YCCHS look like? Or how has, yeah, how has like that transition been for you? Um, yeah, so obviously the times right now are kind of weird. So we've been just working on doing a lot more things virtually. Um, I'm actually going to send out my first weekly newsletter tomorrow. To We have a, a website where you can sign up for the support network. And I'm going to send out weekly newsletters, just not necessarily with like tons of new information every week, but just like t- so that these parents don't feel like they're alone in this. Because a lot of parents who all of a sudden, it's like, now you have to teach your kids when you're used to like having a teacher and like, you're like, I don't really know what they do in school exactly. And like trying to figure out, especially with, um, sped, like the sped programs and trying to teach your kids when they have like different, um, special needs is really difficult. Um, so like my first one that I'm sending out tomorrow just has like a fun activity in there. Like I'm in, I introduced myself, there's an activity, I found an article online that's, like, a few different ways to, like, really, like, um, get your kids engaged. And then I'm doing, like, words of support at the bottom. And then the very last thing on that tomorrow is just a survey um, so that we can actually give them what they want and not what I think is good because, Mm -hmm. like, I don't actually have children. So (laughs) it's hard for me to be like, oh, I think you need this. Um, So, yeah, just moving everything that we have online instead of being able to do anything in person is weird, but it's working out, I think. That's awesome. And then can you talk a little bit about that support network through your website and just a little bit more about the website? Um, yeah, so the website um, is there to connect people who have children with special needs to different resources in the community. Um, the focus is hopefully on most in Prescott, um, but there are some down in Phoenix. Um, and actually Kirsten, who was here before me, was the one who really created the website. And I'm just finding different ways to utilize it more. (laughs) Uh, Because now that everything is online for the moment, it seems like the best resource I have to be able to reach out to people. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's good that you have that to utilize and still have a way to like reach out to families and stuff. So yeah, definitely. If if it wasn't there, I don't really know what. <laughs> I guess I would be the one starting it. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's Kirsten did a lot of good work on that, and I'm very thankful that she did. <laughs> and then, how is sort of the transition? I know we talked a little bit about like just like how Prescott is and moving, but how has that transition like moving been, or just like adjusting to life here? Um. Yeah. I mean, it's good. I don't think that I really do anything differently here than I did at home. 
except forcing myself to go on more hikes and stuff. I guess like the biggest like change for me is the elevation. Like I definitely struggled (laughs) the first, like first week and a half. I mean, San Diego is at like 26 feet elevation. So it's very different. No, but I mean, I guess I, something that I really want to do at some point is find something within the community, like not through work that is interesting to me to like branch out a little bit more. Obviously there are some great vistas and great staff and who I work with and stuff, but I do want to try and make friends with other people also. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's overall, it's been really good. Yeah, no. And I think, yeah, like finding a group, like it's such a good to have that, like the vistas are like a really good, like close group to have and like Arizona service. So such a good support system, but yeah, it is kind of good to get out there and meet other people. I know um, myself, I got involved um, with the Prescott Center for the Arts here, and I like got to do like start doing theater and stuff again, which was um, which was a really amazing. I know there are, like we have other members that like do rock climbing, actual like outdoor rock climbing, not like an indoor wall, which fascinates me. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, but no, but like there's so much to do here. Yeah, especially as things like hopefully slowly start to open back up and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I just need to find something that's like, <laughs> um, I don't even, I don't really know, but cause I haven't really looked into it yet. <laughs> cause I was like, when I move and like, I'm actually living where I'm going to be for the year is when I'll start trying to branch out more. Yeah. So where were you living um, before? Cause you said you just moved into your house. So where were you staying before then? Um, yeah. So I was staying at um, Camp Yava Pines. It's absolutely beautiful and wonderful and I'm so thankful that I was able to stay there and able to come to Prescott when I had planned on it but yeah it's nice to just be in like I'm gonna be here for a year because like for me that's the like I was essentially like two and a half months of like in a two and a half month long like transitionary period because it's like I packed to go to Ukraine and Ukraine I was in two hotels and then I was in a hotel in Washington DC for a night at an Airbnb for two weeks and then back at my parents for a few weeks and then at camp Yava Pines for two weeks. And then now I'm like, okay, this is the eighth time I've packed up my stuff to move it in two and a half months. So I'm happy to just kind of be settled. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is where I get to be. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. I was like, you've gotten really good at moving though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So what was that transition, I guess, back from the Ukraine? Like, cause you talked about like all those different places you were staying like you ended up in DC. So what, what was that journey like? Um, yeah, it was kind of absolutely wild. So like we found out on a Saturday, like afternoon that we were going to have to leave on the following Monday. Um, And then on Monday, we were all sitting at the airport to find out that our flight had been delayed. So we're like, okay, we're going to leave at like 1130 tonight. And then we found out that one got canceled. And then for the next, what, three days, so Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we were told like twice a day, like, okay, this is when your flight's going to be. Just kidding. That one got canceled. We're moving. This is when your flight's going to be. Yeah. So we didn't, we were supposed to leave on Monday. And that's when Ukraine officially like closed its borders. Um, but we were, we ended up having a chartered flight that left on Friday morning. Yeah. We left, ended up leaving at like six o'clock in the morning. And it was very strange because there were about 240 Peace Corps volunteers in Ukraine. So the entire flight 
was Peace Corps volunteers. Like oh, wow. there weren't any other people on it. Well, okay. There was one guy who worked at the embassy in Kiev. So it was all Americans, <laughs> but mostly Peace Corps volunteers. And then one guy. Yeah. And we the reason that they wanted us to isolate is because we flew into Madrid um, because that's where the like plane, like its home base was. Um, and where all the flight, like where all the crew was, were from. Um, so yeah, we ended up being hanging out in the Madrid airport for like three hours. And then we finally got to DC and then there in DC, I had two flights get canceled before like to get back to San Diego before they finally got me on one that was not, that ended up not being canceled. Yeah. And then I was in an Airbnb for two weeks and it was just, it was a, a kind of an emotional roller coaster, like crazy all over the place, but eventually got back. <laughs> what was that plane ride like of just a plane ride full of Peace Corps volunteers? Um, it was very interesting, uh, because like everyone has different ways of like coping, obviously with like what's happening. And I was in like a very unique situation because I had finished my two years of service. Like, so a lot of people were having a hard time because they were forced to, um, close their, like end their service early. And I was like, I already did that. But then I was back for 10 days. So it was just like weird. Um, but so it was the first like half of the plane ride was kind of crazy and hectic and people were like running around or someone almost got in a fight and fell on my friend. Yeah, it was, it was kind of madness. And then it like, it settled down for like the second half of our, like our flight from Madrid to DC. But yeah, it was crazy. It was kind yeah. of a lot. <laughs> and it was also just very interesting because our, the like flight crew um, we're told to, they weren't supposed to come like up and down the aisles unless they were serving food or drinks. So they spent the majority of the flight like in the back, like just like stowed away. <laughs> and it was, I like went back to ask for some water and this one flight attendant, he said to me, he's like, I think you're the first person to ask me for water in like an hour. It's like, oh. <laughs> Like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I swear, not all Americans are crazy like this all the time. But yeah, it was a very interesting experience. Yeah, it, it sounds it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's something so unique. And yeah, like when I tell people about it, I like I feel like I can't even like put it into words very well sometimes. And I'm just like, it was just strange. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to tell you, but it was just weird. But something, yeah, but, like, all of you, like, went through that, like, unique experience mm -hmm. together, and, yeah. Yeah, and it was, like, I don't know what I would do if I was, like, stuck there, like, by myself. Like, if I went through that whole experience, like, alone. Like, I'm, like, I'm happy that I had other people with me and that it wasn't just, I don't know. Like, I know a girl who was living in Kiev and working there. She had been a Peace Corps volunteer and then went back to work and live in Kiev. And she kind of went through the whole thing by herself because she ended up coming back to the U.S. But, yeah, I'm like, I can't imagine, like, traveling like that all by myself yeah. and, like, just being worried, like, am I going to be able to get back? Like, or am I going to get to, like, the airport and end up having a fever and they won't let me, like, leave the airport or something, so. Yeah. So she, like, traveled back after, like, that big charter Plan. Yeah, because um, even though Ukraine, like, officially shut their borders, um, they were doing, like, I think she might have been on, like, the last flight out, like, a week after they had officially shut the borders. But, yeah, I think they, I think even now they have, like, 
one flight to like New York, like like it's like not like um, frequent. Like it's like one a week. <laughs> like, but yeah. So I can't imagine going through what she went through doing that all alone. Yeah, that's because I remember like when all that was happening, like reading stories about like what was happening to people, um, or just like like students that were like studying abroad that like were like traveling for their spring break and like I'm not even in the like the country where like where I'm studying and yeah that's like I know people who were Peace Corps volunteers in Ukraine and I'm sure other countries too where they had been traveling at the time and weren't allowed to come back to Ukraine to then leave like they had to leave from where they were so like there's this one girl I know and she was in Finland when we got the evacuation notice so she left all of her belongings in ukraine like because she wasn't allowed to go back and get them and then leave yeah so i'm like definitely happy that i was there um (laughs) and not like i hadn't been like traveling somewhere else or anything then i also like i feel really bad there's a lot of there were a lot of ukrainian kids who got evacuated from the u.s and sent back to ukraine and they're part of it's a program called flex which is like, I can't remember what it stands for. Um, I think it's like Future Leaders Exchange Program, something like that. Um, And yeah, so I knew some of these kids who ended up getting evacuated from the U.S. and having to go home, which they come here to do like a year of high school. So it's just, they were sent back at like May. So they really didn't get to even like finish that year of school because all the Ukrainian schools shut down too. So it was just kind of like, yeah, I don't really even, yeah, it's like it's, just kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you're like, in this like weird limbo. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. But now you're in Prescott and you have a kitchen. <laughs> yeah. I have a kitchen. Oh, I made cauliflower last night. It was Ooh, great. So what was the first thing you made in your kitchen? <laughs> um, well, the first thing I really made was just a frozen pizza. Um, <laughs> cause one of the other vistas invited me over to her apartment on Saturday when I moved in. So I like moved in like threw all my stuff on the ground. Like I didn't organize anything. And then I <laughs> took a shower and left. And then by the time I was coming home, I was like, I don't really feel like cooking tonight. So I'm just going to get a frozen pizza. But yeah, so the first thing I really cooked, unfortunately, was a frozen pizza. I respect that. I think that's like probably half of what you'll be cooking. <laughs> I, not to like judge, but no, but like... <laughs> No, I mean, and it was delicious. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, no. When I, like, am feeling lazy, which is, like, half the week, I go into my freezer, and I'm like, what, like, healthy, air quotes, healthy, like, Trader Joe's, like, frozen meal can I, like, put in my oven? Exactly. Well, it's, like, yesterday I ended up getting, like, breaded, like, fish fillets just to be like, you know what? This is easy. Takes like 25 minutes, like just throw them in the oven, don't have to think about it. Because a lot of the time, that's the cooking you want to do is not, oh, I need like hours of prep time. It's like, what can I make that takes less than 30 minutes? <laughs> yep. Because you're hungry then, and you're like, I might not be hungry in half an hour. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I want to eat now. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So, how is like the rest of like settling and being going? Like, are you like all set up? Like, with like your benefits and everything or how is that how is like the process of like all of that going um yeah there's things I'm still like working on but yeah like the actual like settling into the house good to go the other things that I need to take care of like 
health insurance and food stamp stuff. Like that's a little bit of a more difficult process. And I was filling out the application for the like snap benefits yesterday. And I accidentally, I was like clicking through the pages and I didn't realize that I had clicked on the fact, like it said Arizona resident and like, I, I thought it said like United States resident. Like I thought it was like saying that I was a citizen of the U S and I clicked yes. And then I looked at it at the end and I was like, Oh crap, I'm not an Arizona resident. <laughs> like That's not right. So that's the only issue that I've had with that. So I'm hoping that I emailed someone and I'm hoping they can help me fix that one. But otherwise things are moving along. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. I would say they're pretty helpful on the online system. I would say when I first moved here, I did all of it like online and I went pretty well. I ended up having to go in person to get my EBT card though. Cause they just never sent it. And when I went there, there were like three other people that were like, I was accepted like a month ago and I never got my card. <laughs> I was like, I'm glad, but also like sad that I'm not the only one. Yeah. That's Um, like, maybe it's a little bit of a system thing they need to figure out. Yeah. But yeah, no, but it's, it's pretty, I would say it's pretty straightforward. Like once you, you get in there and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. I just need to fix that one error. Well, and then it was so strange. Like I put in my like social security number and stuff and they were like, we can't find you as a citizen of the United States. And I'm like, what? (laughs) You do not exist. Right, exactly. I was like, uh, okay, I guess. And then, so I have to like send them like a scan of my social security card and my passport and like all these things that like, they're like, we can't find you. And I'm like, great. <laughs> but I, that's just something I need to do later today. That it won't be too difficult to scan those things. Cause luckily I have them like with me. So. Yeah. And the online application also like counts like toward like health insurance. Yeah, yeah. Which is, like, very convenient, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I need to see if my California health insurance, like, still works here or how that needs to go, but that's just I need to call them and just be like, help me, please. (laughs) That's the way to do it, yeah. Customer service is the best. Yeah, well, then, like, just talking to a person is so much, like, better than trying to, like, completely use an online system, like, to be, like these are my problems. And instead of trying to like go to like a frequently asked questions page or something to be able to just be like, help me with my problem, please. It's a lot better in my opinion. (laughs) Based on like everything, do you have any advice for members that are like starting soon in June and July or over the summer? Do you have any advice for incoming members? Well, I guess one thing is I would definitely say reach out to Annie if you're looking for furniture. She was able to find me a mattress and a bookshelf and two enzyme, like bedside tables. Um, <laughs> so my room was fully furnished by not me, myself, which was absolutely awesome. And then I guess just like, like with anything, like go into it with an open mind. Like you're going to meet new people who are completely different from you. Like I know that like I, there are things that like, I believe that people here might not agree with and stuff like that. So you just have to like be completely open and receptive to anything. But that's also when starting like any, well, moving to any new place. Um, cause usually if you stay within your own city, you find people who are somewhat similar to you, but yeah. And then just, I'm, this is something that they told us like in Peace Corps that like has resonated with me is like kind of being a yes man like 
whenever anybody's like, oh, we're like doing this thing this weekend. Do you want to come? Yeah. Like, oh, we're doing this. Want to come? Yeah. <laughs> like just say yes to every invitation because it's like, that's the way you're going to be able to create like better bonds with people and like outside of the workplace and whatnot. And then I guess the last thing, this is another Peace Corps thing that hasn't really fully come into effect here yet, but it's like manage your expectations. Like you're not going to be able to completely change something in a few months. Like you're going to need to, like you have to create those relationships first before you can really like enact change. Awesome. Yeah, I like that advice. And it's, you're enacting the change that they need, not the change that like you think they need. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's definitely, yeah, that's, thank you for sharing that. Those yeah. are, those are words of wisdom that I like, I think even like all my months in, like I was, I have like two months of service left, but even with that, those are still like good things just like carry with you. Yeah. Like no matter where you go or what you do. So. Yeah. I mean, I can thank people in Peace Corps for those ones. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so glad to have you um, and talk with you and everything. And I just, I'm excited to see where your project goes and just see how you grow and stuff throughout the year. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to This AmeriCorps Life, produced by Arizona Serve of Prescott College. Find out more at arizonaserve.org and at prescott.edu.